Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Monday morning podcast for Monday, uh, January, no, June 20th. Fuck am I talking about? June 20th. Got a little heat stroke here. Ah, oh, geez. Keep the ginger out of the fucking pool there. I'm doing this podcast on Father's Day. Yeah, Father's Day, man. I got home for Father's Day. I had a wonderful trip out east. Uh, by the way, update on that bird from uh, the podcast on Thursday. When I came, when I was done with the podcast, it was gone. When I came out to my garage, it was a little little bird on the fucking ground. And I'm walking up to him. It was like leaning to the side like a boat taking on water. Little fucker, right? I actually debated just stepping on him so he wouldn't be eaten alive by fucking insects. But it's a bird. I'm not a veterinarian. What am I going to do? Stick him in my shirt pocket like I'm on fucking Little House in the Prairie? I got a podcast to do. But I left it alone. So I, you know, went to the garage. I did my podcast. And when I came out, lo and behold... He was gone. Now, I live in a desert. So for all I know, some reptile fucking grabbed the thing. I have no idea. I think I would have heard something. I don't know. Those reptiles are fucking slithery little creepy fuckers. I really don't like reptiles. You know, I am like, I'm Donald Trump when it comes to reptiles. (laughs) No tolerance. Um, I'm pretty liberal. When it comes to the other stuff, see Joe Biden fell off a bicycle. Good Lord. What is the Secret Service letting that guy in a fucking bicycle for? I swear to God, you literally have a president who shouldn't even be driving, and you're going to stick him on a bicycle. At least get him one of those motorcycles that has three wheels on it. Good Lord. I mean, that, that's when you know you're old, when you forget how to ride a bicycle. You know, that's you know, something you never forget. Oh, you live long enough, you do. Um, so the, I came out and the bird was gone. So, um, God, well, I don't know what happened. Maybe he had a tough landing. Maybe he got into, he fucking ate somebody's weed, which by the way, man, I got to, you know, can we, uh, when are they going to do the study about how addicted, addicting fucking weed is my God. Now that it's fucking legal, these people that they're, they're like fucking raging alcoholics, you know, like when a fucking booze bag just goes to work. And he's sipping drinks all day. That's what these fucking potheads are doing. And they got they got it. They can rub it on their arm, like fucking you know those steroids people were taking in the early two thousands. Ah, that was it was cream. My muscles were sore, so I put it on it. Then the next day they were fucking huge, and I hit three home runs. Um, they got pens, they got edibles, they got hairspray. I mean, the, the amount of ways that people can just be fucking high all day. Wake and bake, lunch and brunch, right? Because you're high, you eat both. And, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the story's going to come out. Now, I might be a hater because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a reformed fucking booze bag. I'm a reformed gutter dweller. Um, I'm just saying, watch out for that shit, everybody. You know, it's like, like, I feel like weed right now is like what wine is. We're wine. Everybody's so talking about like what you're pairing it with. Like nobody notices you're drinking a bottle a night (laughs) and weed's become the same thing. If you want to focus, this is a good strain. If you just want to like chill, I would do this. If you want to fucking, you know, like. Clean your whole house and forget you even did it. I'd smoke this and eat one of those. Um, but I haven't said that. I don't know. Do whatever, do whatever the fuck you want to do, right? Jesus, Bill. You went hard, and then you're like, yeah, what am I going to do? Hey, you know, the fuck do I know? Maybe I'm just an old guy that's upset that all of a sudden it's fucking legal, and I'm too old to go to a rave. Right? I never had any desire to go to a fucking rave. The, the original rave was Woodstock, which I performed at this weekend. I want to thank everybody out there. Um, and as amazing as that concert is, I always look at it going like, there's no fucking way I would want to be there. Even at a young age. I would be over that in four hours. 
four hours and then my car was stuck in traffic and people are sliding around in the mud and people are on fucking acid. Oh my God. And where are you sleeping, right? You're sleeping on the grass. And right as you finally go to sleep after the last guy has his bad trip, fucking Jimi Hendrix comes out with his guitar. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, Jimmy! Fucking give me another two hours! Yeah! Uh, no. Hey, Jimmy, can you do that? Yeah! That's my Jimi Hendrix exp- uh, uh, impression. Yeah! Does it all the time. He sings Purple Haze. He starts off, yeah. Um, is that really agreeable guy, that Jimi Hendrix? Um, but anyway, um, I'm just fucking around. That was one of my favorite gigs I've ever done at Woodstock. Shout out to the chef that works there. This guy made me a salad. Like the, a, It's like they picked everything that was in it. And then they had a little burrata on top. Oh, my God. God, I didn't even know what the dressing was. It's like, this is what a salad should be. If a salad was like this rather than that shit they sell down there at the Golden Arches. Ronald McDonald, the original evil ginger out there poisoning his own fucking countrymen. Um, he's the one. You know, they always say that, you know, you know, redheads like me are the spawn of the devil. You know? And then if you write with your left hand, that's another thing. I'm a left-handed fucking redhead. All right? Ain't even I'm telling you to watch out for Ronald McDonald. Okay? Just give him a wide berth. Go down there every once in a while. Kiss his white glove. What am I talking about? Um, anyway, so I went out there, and they gave. They were nice enough. They actually gave us a tour of the place. And on the other side of um, this little... Uh, Amphitheater. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Got right off the plane and played with the kids. You know, Father's Day. Father's Day stuff. Um, on, uh, on the other side of the hill. You guys got to go. If you, can, if you get, have a chance, you got to go. They have an incredible museum with all of this memorabilia. I had to blow through it because I had to, like, you know, get ready for my show. But one of the really cool things that I saw there was they had, um, they had uh, this picture of people supporting the troops in Vietnam bunch of young people with American flags and it's like yeah where is this story when they tell I'll talk about the 60s they always talk about they act like all young people were against it and that type of shit and I knew that wasn't true because my parents you know are conservative and they they were supporting it and thought the hippies were a bunch of fucking you know loafers who didn't want to you know wanted the advantages of freedom didn't want to fight for it you know they 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 went along with the the company at that point now the people went against it i don't know i'll tell you right now if i got a fucking draft card i would have gone just because i would have been too afraid to burn it (laughs) it's like i don't want to be on the lamb for the rest of my life what am i going to do i'm going to go to canada Fucking eat it, uh, a Tim Hortons for the rest of my life. I can't do it. I'm too Americanized. I gotta, I gotta learn how to fix Jeeps or something that keeps me out of the action. Oh my God, can you imagine that? Can I just get out of going to a jungle because I'm fucking three quarters of an albino? You're really gonna stick me in there? Those fucking things are gonna eat me alive. I'm gonna come walking in there looking like a red velvet cake to them. <laughs> Nah, I just would have done drugs. Would have done drugs and pointed the gun at the tree line. That's what I would have done. Um, Jesus Christ, what a fucking time. But anyways, you go through that museum, you kind of relive all of that, all of that stuff that was going on uh, back when they used to report on wars before it just became the two propaganda channels that we now have that somehow pit us against each other. We just scream at each other. That's what we do now. Now we just yell at each other when we used to yell at the government going, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? Enough of this shit. Now we just sort of scream at each other. Oh, gee, Bill, did you figure it out? Breezing through a fucking museum in upstate New York? Well, I think I did. Um, but I really loved seeing that, that that was in that museum, showing young people with American flags saying support the troops and stuff like that. That was really... Uh, it was like, all right, there's the other half of the pie. Now this is sort of put into, uh, you know, more of a 
balanced perspective as far as where young people were back then. But uh, I got to tell you, man, you've really got to go there. It was one of my favorite gigs I ever did. It was like the perfect temperature. The food was amazing. The people were amazing, so friendly. And they gave us a tour, and you actually, they took us to the hill. The hill where the actual concert was is like sacred ground, so nobody, like, walks on it or any of that type of stuff. But, like, you just look at the hill, and after all the years, you know, my whole life seeing footage of it, like, the hill is famous. And it's funny because it goes up, and it sort of dips and then goes up again. And if you look at pictures of the crowd, the crowd takes on the shape of the hill. So then the crowd's not there. Now you actually see the grassy hill. And um, they had all these amazing aerial photos of, like, the, the guy with the farm right next door fucking hated everything that the, the festival stood for um, and said you weren't allowed, you're not allowed on our property. So literally, you could there was an aerial photo. There's like a line almost like a state and there's just nobody on his property and right next door is like, you know, 500,000 fucking people. It's pretty incredible. So I really want to thank them. That was uh fascinating. Uh, and um, I don't know. I couldn't believe I was there. And then I went out and the crowd was awesome. The whole thing was amazing. And the, the uh, night before I performed in Wilkes-Barre, which I was calling Wilkes-Barre because it's spelled B-A-R-R-E, Wilkes-Barre. Um, and those fans were incredible. That was a great gig. Um, beautiful, beautiful part of the country, um, Wilkes-Barre. You know, you're close enough to Philly if you want to get the city thing, and then you can be out there. And it just seemed like there's probably a bunch of great hiking and all that type of stuff. I don't know. I'm really into, like, trees and lakes and shit now that I live in the uh, in the upper echelons of hell out here in the fucking desert. Um, and then the last night, we did uh, another amphitheater, which musicians have told me they call them sheds. So we played the PNC, whatever the fuck it's called. The last time I was there was on that legendary Opie and Anthony uh, traveling virus tour. And I was actually thinking, you know, the last time I was there, I believe three of the comics on there, if not four. I want to say the lineup had Bob Saget, Ralphie May, Patrice O'Neill, and Otto and George. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. And I went there and all of these memories came back of that crazy tour. And um, I remember I looked out and I got that same nervousness I had when you were doing that tour because that was a fucking aggressive. Actually, they weren't. The Jersey crowd was great, but it, the, what happened in f- close to Philly and Camden, everybody kind of knew that that show was was coming. So um, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I went out, had a great time, and um, Joey Diaz swung by to say hello and I said hey you want to go up and do some time he said I'd love to so we brought him up first and uh Dean Del Rey took video of it didn't it you know those fucking cell phones didn't do justice of how fucking crazy the crowd went when um when Joey took the stage I told Kenny to say there's three legends in New Jersey Frank Sinatra Bruce Springsteen and Mad Flavor, Joey Coco Diaz. He fucking went out. The place went fucking nuts. You know, he comes out. What's up, cocksuckers? What exit you from? You, f-? you know, <laughs> he just fucking murdered. Then brought Dean out. And then um, I came out to close it out. And uh, I could not have had a better time. So thank you to everybody in all three of those. Wilkes-Barre, Woodstock, and uh, out there in PNC Park there in uh, New Jersey. I actually had a great time in New York, too. You know, it was uh, it's gay pride, so it was wall-to-wall gay dudes. And I was actually thinking, you know, gay dudes are not nearly as fucking aggressive as they used. When I was young, they were fucking scary. But then I was thinking, maybe I'm just old, so nobody's fucking looking at me anymore. <laughs> My old fisherman beard. Um, I'm talking like the early fucking 80s. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You, I don't know. Ugh. Um, anyway, plowing ahead here. Uh, so I had a great Father's Day. Um, 
I did my show and I, I literally, you know, had a pickup at like 5 a.m., flew back on like a 6.50 a.m. flight, landed here around like 9.30, came home, you know, my daughter made me a card, you know, we went, we went swimming, my wife took me out, I, you know, I smoked a cigar, we laughed, I watched a little bit of the U.S. Open, which I, you know, ended up having to leave because my... Uh, the sitter had to go, so we ended up coming back. And uh, I don't know who won that thing, but I saw that kid picked up two strokes on one hole with two two left, I think. Sank like a fucking, I don't know, looked like a like a 30-footer. I watched a little bit of the F1. Uh, Max Verstappen winning again, but Ferrari coming in second, but Lewis Hamilton, first time in months. I don't know if he, he got like a third place in like March or April. It's the first time he's been on the podium in months. And Mercedes, which you knew they were, were going to get this shit together. So um, it's coming up on the, the end of July break for F1. The season's what, like, I don't know, 40% over. And all of a sudden they're getting Lewis Hamilton's car dialed in. Uh, Max Verstappen has continued to win. He's got a sizable lead, but Jesus Christ, it's going to be some fucking sick, sick racing for the rest of the season. So I'm very excited that whatever the fuck was going on with Lewis Hamilton's car, even though I root against him, you know, I don't want to see one of the great, arguably the greatest driver ever riding around a shit box, right? I want to see, uh, I want to see Verstappen go up against him. So, um... What else did I do? I caught up with a bunch of people. I did some sets in New York. It was awesome. Uh, my Celtics lost to the Golden State Warriors. Congratulations to Golden State. Um, just amazing what they're doing up there. And, um, you know, what can you say about Steph Curry? Other than if Steph Curry didn't play for Golden State, I don't think they win ever. Um, I don't think they win anything. I mean, that guy is without a doubt. The MVP, man. I mean, that guy just, I, he brings it past the half court line. You're like, ah, fuck. Just don't foul him. Jesus Christ, it'll be a four-point play. Um, it was difficult to watch them drinking champagne in the Boston Garden. Took me back to 85. Was it 85 or 87 when the Lakers beat us? They, the, for the first time in the Garden, I think it was 85. That was brutal to watch. That was the first time any team had ever drank champagne in the Boston Garden. Now it's just the TD Bank North Garden, so drink up, fellas. <laughs> you know, I was mentioned this on the Anything Better podcast when they were showing the next day the, uh, the locker room celebration of the Golden State Warriors. I was in the hotel gyms in uh, Westbury, and uh, Club Soda Kenny was watching the TV. He's not a sports fan. He was watching them spraying champagne. And he saw that they had those ski goggles on. He was like, they wear goggles when they do? He goes, just don't do it then. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Um, anyway, so, uh, man, I had a good time in New York. I really want to, uh, I swear, I ran, I hung out with a bunch of comics I hadn't seen in a minute. Caught up with some people, you know, as I mentioned, I saw American Buffalo and uh, I saw uh, Gerard Carmichael's new special that Rathaniel, which absolutely blew me away. Bo Burnham, the directing thing that he did on that. I really hope those two do some more shit together because that was like, I can't remember the last time I watched something like that. It was just absolutely riveting from the beginning to the end. It was a fucking masterpiece. Um. And what else? What else? What else is going on in my world? Oh, I remember. I remember. Uh, old Freckles finally pulled the trigger and he ordered his fucking Ford F-250. It ain't going to be here for nine years with the backup, but I ordered it. I ordered it and I got all the fucking bells and whistles. I finally presented an argument that made my wife fucking give me the look, but also kind of smiled. You know, because I have the old 68 F100, right? So she goes to me. I said, I'm, you know, I'm busting my ass. This movie's coming together. I got a huge fucking tour. All right, the old man's going to buy his dream truck. 
She goes, what are you getting? And I showed her the F-250 pickup truck. She goes, you don't need another truck. I looked at her and I go, you don't need another bag. <laughs> she was walking out of the room. She just cocked her head and gave me the look. And I just laughed. I'm just like, it's not going to be here. You don't have to look at it. She thinks it's so fucking stupid. I know she's right. You know? Oh, my God. If you see this truck, you're like, that guy knows how to build a house from scratch. He must be towing a yacht down the street. That's the level I went with this truck. Uh, but I got the F-250. I didn't get the fucking, you know, the Limited, the Platinum, the King Ranch. I call those Texas trucks. You know, those guys, they get shiny belt buckle that, the, you know, the back of their truck has never even seen a bale of hay. Those guys, those city cowboys that drive around the four-door pickup trucks, are not that. I wanted the F-250 with the fucking rubber mat floor, the bench seat, the way I remembered them growing up. Um, and front to back, I just got every fucking thing I could get on that thing. The four-wheel drive, uh, everything. Fucking everything. And uh, I cannot wait. I just, that's that's coming uh, over the horizon. I got the biggest fucking engine I could get in it. It's gonna, it's an apocalypse, apocalypse vehicle. And it's hilarious. My wife thinks it's the stupidest thing. <laughs> she doesn't get it. What's hilarious, I'm like, look at our son. Look at how, like, his favorite toy is this garbage truck. His favorite thing in the world is a garbage truck. He sees a fire engine, he loses his mind. He sees trucks, he loves them. It's, it's, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. What's funny is my daughter's wired the same way. When I give, you know, when I give my daughter a ride in my truck, right? She always says to me, she goes, Dad, she goes, this is the biggest truck in the whole wide world. And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't think it's the biggest. It's a nice one, though. And we'll drive by trucks clearly. Big. I think I told you guys this story. And she still she goes, no, this one's bigger. <laughs> um, so anyway, my whole life, since I'm not, I, like freshman, sophomore year in high school, I remember there was a kid who had, a, uh, he had an F-250 four-wheel drive, and he would go four-wheeling. It was green. And... Um, I just, I don't know. I've just always liked, uh, I mean, I did like muscle cars and shit like that. I do like when you get like a fucking pickup and they give you shit about it. Like, why'd you get a pickup? It's like, why'd you get a sports car? You're not a, you're not going to take it to the track. All these fucking jerk offs can go out. You can go out and buy a fucking Ferrari, right? What's that? 300 grand. You can get a fucking F-250 for like 50 grand. That's another thing. That's what blew me. It's like, I just spent like fucking one sixth what some aren't you happy that my dream car is 50 grand ah <laughs> oh, jesus the fact that, that that was the there was even any like like pushback on that is is the one of the things that is makes marriage so goddamn funny you know Oh, you don't want you don't want you don't want that taken up the driveway, but you can take over three quarters of the walk-in closet, the bathroom, the bedroom, and all of that shit. Jesus Christ! Enough with the encroachment. I should get that truck, pull it in the driveway, and throw all the shit you don't need in the back of it, and take it to the dump. Now, these are things the old me used to say. I, I'm not going to say that. There's no upside. By the way, shout out to the fucking Stanley Cup Finals. I know that last one was a blowout. But those first two games, I watched the replays of them. That's some of the best fucking hockey I've ever seen in my life. In my life. I only wish Tampa won one of those overtime games because now the series is just over. Um, but uh, Colorado Avalanche, Jesus Christ, they're looking like the fucking 1980s Edmonton Oilers. It's the fastest fucking team I've ever seen in my life. Um, unbelievable. But those first two games, holy shit. I can't remember the last time I saw playoff hockey at that level. I hope you guys, all you fucking uh, lower bowl NBA fucking glitter douchebags, you should check that out. You know, I watch your sport, you know, people running out, shooting T-shirts into the crowd. Everybody clap your hands. <laughs> that fucking, whatever the fuck that is. Oh, it's such a travesty. I wish I ran the NBA. The level that I would dial it back. It's like, can we get just back to the fact that this is one of the most beautiful games ever and is played by some of the greatest athletes all, of all time? Can you get these fucking jerk-offs 
Off the fucking court, please. Oh, what I would do. If some stupid-ass celebrity came to the fucking game and had that look on their face and they're not even cheering and they're looking at their phone wearing bedazzled clothes, that's it. You're out. They're going to have bouncers. Get them the fuck out of there. Let's get some degenerate gambler from fucking up top. Oh, shit. I actually riffed on this, on the anything better. I'm overlapping here. My brain's so tired. I'm telling you. Be such a better. You want to see something great? You ever watch that Michael Rappaport documentary, uh, uh, When the Garden Was Eden? My big takeaway from that, aside from, um, you know, that fight that I'd never seen the footage of Willis, was it Willis Reed? I'm bad with the NBA back then. Um, yeah, Willis Reed had where he just beat up a whole team. Um, was when they would cut to the crowd. I mean, it was it was just sports fans. It was sports fans. No one was looking at the camera. All right? Yeah, it was just a sea of just fucking old school bald guys. You know? And, and everybody just like just riveted, screaming about the game. Nobody miming. Nobody shooting a fucking bow and arrow miming doing that. None of this fucking... Other shit. It was just a goddamn game and an announcer. And these people look like, I don't know. I'm not saying it should go all the way back to that, but it'd be nice. And I, you could say that really about all sports. Once they got the luxury boxes and the corporate cunts started buying those things up, you know, baseball has that problem too. Um, a lot of them do. Like it's so ridiculous to watch a Yankee game and it never looks like it's sold out. Because there's a bunch of Wall Street cunts. Instead of sitting in their seats, they're down below eating fucking prime rib. That's another one. All right. You got you came here to eat? Just get, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Like, there should be a thing. Like, if you leave your seat too long, somebody from the mezzanine or the upper deck should be able to come down. And cheer on the game. And heckle some guy in the on-deck circle from the other team. The way it used to be. Scare a couple of kids. You know? Get yourself overserved. Yeah, I had this idea. I don't know if this would work. I saw a motorcycle with a sidecar on it, right? And I was thinking, like, that would be the greatest way if you owned a bar to bring home people that were overserved. There's always that one person. They don't want to give up the keys. And then you just fucking just stick them in the sidecar, put some goggles on them. If he pukes, you know, what are you going to do? Just hose it off. He's, he's already... <laughs> Just, he's already outside, right? You take him home. You know, he gets to put his arms up like he's on a fucking roller coaster, you know, just just have a good time. Take him home. It'd be funny. It's like when somebody on the Red Sox hits a home run and they, they put him in that laundry basket and they fucking push him down the uh, the dugout. It's the same way. I I don't know. I think if you had a fun way of bringing people home, Maybe they could get out of their ego. I guess now Uber solved all of that. But that would have been a great thing. Yeah, listen, buddy. You're, you're, you're sidecar level drunk right now. Okay, we're taking your keys. Dude, you're going to ride home like on a motorcycle, you know? Sitting there. Just enjoy it. You know, you get the bed spins. You Puke now. Puke before you get home. We'll give you some mouthwash and shit. You can walk in. Maybe your wife's asleep. You can get away with it. I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're really bending over backwards here to try to work this out for you. Um, all right. I will say that beautiful part of the country, I was just Wilkes-Barre, Barry, Woodstock, and out in Jersey. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. There was a lot. I'm probably going to retire back there, you know? I just, every one of those roads, I just kept thinking of fucking driving that truck that I have coming down it, having a nice little house in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nobody bugs you. I don't even need to soundproof my drum room because there's no neighbors. There's trees, there's water. Everything doesn't catch on fire. It's like, you know, there's something to be said about that. Um, All right. What do we got here? Let's do a little... uh, so don't let anybody ever tell you, ah, you know, you live in the middle of fucking nowhere. All these fucking Hollywood douchebags or the people who live on the East Coast and call all these states flyover states and shit like that or the boonies. 
Um, I don't know, man. You know, I know there's a lot of lunatics out there. You know, that drive around with like the American flag hanging off their fucking truck like people don't know what country they're in. Um, there's a lot to be said about living out there. Um, all right. Simply safe, everybody. Something everybody wants to be. Uh, today's episode of the Monday Morning Podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. I believe home should be the safest place on earth for every family. That's why I use and recommend Simply Safe. I got the whole system, man. I can see 360 all around my whole house. It's fantastic. Um, Simply Safe is advanced whole uh, is advanced whole home security that puts you, your home, and your family's safety first. Here's why I love it. Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection not only against intruders and burglary, but against expensive home hazards uh, from flooding to fires. With 24/7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents take action the moment a threat is detected. Dispatching police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home. Simply Safe uses proprietary video verification technology so that monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat in order to get higher priority 911 dispatch. So basically, if you say there's a guy outside my house with a fucking axe, they can confirm it and they send the SWAT team. They send the anti-axe guys down there. Monitoring plans are affordable. Price is just a buck a day. Dollar a day with no long-term contract or hidden fees because feeling safe at home shouldn't break the bank. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com. Uh, go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to uh, simplysafe.com slash burr. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E.com slash burr. All right, what do we got next? Oh, look who it is, everybody. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. It's old Zip. Red! Gruder. Zip recruiter, everybody. Talk about some things you're looking forward to enjoying this summer. Being a couple days closer to having my fucking truck I don't need showing up. Woo! Uh, examples, pool time, a family or personal vacation, backyard barbecues with friends, redoing your deck, gardening. Oh, I know what I'm looking forward to. Somebody power washing my driveway and these fucking patio bricks around, uh, the backyard. Get all the water stains off of there. I've become obsessed with that. I literally follow people on Instagram that power wash walkways. Um, that's why you need zip recruiter to find great candidates. That's why, but because I want to power wash my driveway. Uh, they do the work for you. And now you can try it for free at zip.com slash birds. Zip Recruiter uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easier to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Four to five. Employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. No wonder Zip. Oh, yes, yes. Come on, ZipRecruiter. That was the devil version. Is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 Satisfaction's uh, ratings as of January 1st, 2022. So, soak up all that all summer has to offer and let ZipRecruiter do the work for you. Ready for the URL? It's ZipRecruiter.com slash bird. That's where you can try it for free. Again, that's zip. Yeah. Dot com slash burr. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. I know you guys are dumb like me. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I. That's where it goes off the rails for me. T-E-R. The smartest way to hire. Um, why do I have two Simply Safe reads here? Andrew. Andrew. It's the exact same one. Oh, you know what? It's not Andrew's fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. I copied and pasted it twice. I'm a moron. All right. Here we go. Let's where am I? We got some we got some we got some people writing in. We got questions here. Alicia Keys. Ba da 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 da. Wah wah wah. Uh afternoon Billy Bistro tits. You know, people. I've been going to the gym for a couple of months right now, and I'm telling you, I'm getting my fucking revenge body back. All right, when I get out there in my two-piece bikini this this summer, okay, I think these 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 
insults are going to stop. All right, just listened to your podcast from Thursday and wanted to quickly say that what you were talking about regarding Alicia Keys, I was saying, is that really her last name? What are the odds her last names are Keys? And she ends up being a Grammy award-winning piano play, pianist. Uh, he said it's called nominative. Nominative. God, I hate like more than three syllables. Nominative. That's why I can never fucking hang with Italians. I was good with the first name. Nino, right? And then you get to the second name. Ah, Jesus. A lot of vowels. Uh, determinism. Nominative determinism. There, that's how you say it. Basically, the idea that someone called John Bread is almost destined to become a baker or Edward Scissorhands becoming a barber. Um, he should have been called Edward Pooper Scooper if he knew who the fuck he was going to be dating years later. Now, <laughs> now I've written... Now I've written it. Now that I've written it, I realize how unbelievably dull this email is. No, it isn't. That's like um, envisioning whatever that success thing that people have. Jesus Christ! If I see one more stupid celebrity posting a fucking video trying to inspire me, what what at what point did all of these people become qualified? Like, what makes you fucking qualified? What? Because you twirl around on a fucking stage? Nobody gives a shit. And nobody asks you, shut the fuck up. Um, now that I've written, he says, I realize how unbelievably dull this email is, but I've always wanted to write in just to say how much I enjoy the podcast and also how valuable. I, can you imagine me actually doing this as you guys write in to me for advice to actually criticize other people for doing the exact same thing? And also how valuable some of the things that you say about your parenting has been for me. Oh, look at that. Wait a minute. Am I an influencer? Uh, more than once, you've made me look at myself and consider the impact of my actions on my daughter. Wow. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, that's why I kind of laid off the NBA finals. When I saw my daughter looking at me when we were playing Candyland and I'm screaming about the refs going, oh, of course, there, here, come, here we go. Every game, this is what they do. And she's looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? I was like, all right, she doesn't need to see that guy. Not now, not ever. Taping the games, watching them when she goes to sleep. All right, eating berries in a survival situation. I love shit like this, by the way. All right? Now, I know you guys know that I'm a big-time liberal. All right? I will not shit anywhere unless it says gender-neutral, something, whatever the fuck else you're supposed to say. Uh, uh, peaceful warrior, social justice guy. Um, eating berries in a survival situation, which make, make, may make some of you, uh, you know, you redneck type people, you know? You guys with your lawnmower engines hooked up to your fucking AC to keep it going. You know, you're off the grid, guys. I want to hear from you guys. And the ladies, too, okay? Not to saying there's not a lady out there that doesn't know how to fucking hotwire a Dodge Ram. Uh, eating berries in a survival situation. Dear Bill Bear. Bill Bear Grillsburg? Grillsburg. Is this supposed to be like Grizzly Bear? G-R-Y-L-L-S, Burr, I don't get it. I'm old. Sorry. I'm sure it was great. Um, on Monday's podcast, you briefly mentioned you're not eating, mentioned not eating berry, berries as they're poisonous slash magical. I was talking about there's berries, there's a berry bush. If I say that fucking word one more time, um, at the end of my driveway and you know, they look edible, but I know not to eat berries because some of them are poisonous. This person said, you are mainly correct. Eating berries when you can't identify them can cause serious issues up to and including death. I've went through the Air Force SERE school, survival, evasion, resistance, escape. Dude, you got your money's worth. When the shit hits the fan, you got Air Force training on survival, evasion, resistance, escape. Survival, staying alive. Evasion, avoiding the zombies. Resistance, chopping their fucking heads off. Escaping, getting the fuck out of there before they eat your neck. Fantastic. Anyway, and he says, they, uh, he or she says, and they teach wilderness survival as part of the curriculum. Another big word, curriculum. Hey, check this out. Attaché case. Attaché. 
I could say it. Finally could say it. I always, I always say, Ashate, Ashati, at as a fucking briefcase, man. Uh, the final part of this portion is where they dump you. This is the final part of this guy's training, where they dump you in a remote part of Idaho, the Idaho National Forest. Oh man, there's bears, there's mountain lions, bobcats, fucking snakes, with few with a few other people, and you have to navigate and evade people that are looking for you with minimal supplies, basically no food. When it comes to berries, look for dark berries. About 99% of berries are edible without negative effects. See, now there you go. There's some quality information. For comparison, only about 50% of red berries are edible, and the majority of other berries, white, yellow, green, etc., are poisonous to humans. Oh, there you go. I don't think I would ever eat a white, yellow, or green. I would think that they weren't ripe yet. But if I was hungry enough, I'd eat it. Anyway, hope this in- info comes in handy. If you ever get lost on a hike, you ginger cunt. <laughs> All the best and go fuck yourself. Well, thank you for writing in. Thank you for your service. Hey, and why don't you thank me, huh? For my tax dollars that put you in that fucking forest out there. I'm a hero too. Uh, what is there to do in Albuquerque? Dear Bill, I'm a 51-year-old female. Hey, a lady. I love when the ladies finally write in. I wonder why they don't. Oh, because I'm a misogynistic cunt. I'm a 51-year-old female UPS driver in southwest Kansas. I listen to your pot. Jesus Christ. Talk about the last vehicle you want to be in in Tornado Alley is driving that fucking thing. How quickly are you going to get... Nice little crosswind. You're done. I listen to your podcast when I'm working, so I don't have to listen to my thoughts. <laughs> I love this person. Thanks for helping me get through the day. I'll do my very best to put the punctuation where they belong so your head doesn't explode. Uh, when I was in the fifth grade, I was sent to the reading trailer. So I feel your pain when it comes to reading. Oh, is that what they had a trailer? Oh, no. And that's out in Kansas, so there wasn't any fucking trees. It was just right out there in the open. I appreciate your common sense approach when it comes to persuading others to consider another view. I'm married to a ginger who wears sunblock religiously. Good for him. He's my rock, long story short. He's my third husband. Um, And I wish I would have calmed the fuck down in my first marriage. Uh, My second ex-husband is in prison. Wait, he's my third husband, and I wish I would have calmed the fuck down in my first marriage. Oh, see, so he's saying you fucked up your first one. The second one was a lunatic. Uh, my, se- my, second ex- my second ex-husband is in prison. I wonder what he did. I remind myself of a puppy that just chews the hell out of everything, but finally is able to sit on the porch and appreciate life. You know, is there anything better than an adult actually... Just owning up to, hey, you know, the bet I'm laying in, I basically made. Um, Anyway, she says, I'm taking my 12-year-old grandson on the train to Albuquerque for a few days. Do you have any suggestions on where to go or what to do with a 12-year-old? No. Um, I only went out there to do stand-up gigs and I used to do Breaking Bad out there and I would land and go right to wardrobe and I would go to work. I mean, that was one of the greatest and most efficient sets I was ever on. And usually I'm barnstorming through. I did go up to Santa Fe one time. We shot up there. That was a blast. Um, Well, I would think that there's incredible hiking. I know they do that hot air balloon thing if you're into that take some dirt bikes out there's a lot of stuff to do in nature and then i would think there's a ton of like uh native american stuff you can check out i will tell you this it's one of the most beautiful states i've ever been in and one of the most fascinating things about it is you can see the weather coming like you can see a rainstorm off in the distance or whatever you know um i wish i had more i I've, i haven't been to albuquerque that many times but I mean, I know there's a lot of good bars there. I don't think you're taking your 12-year-old there, but there's plenty of great food. I would think the Mexican is fucking incredible there. Uh, that's where I would start. They also have all, like, these websites and stuff. I, I would do that, but I think it's really cool. Um, I remember going uh, to the Grand Canyon, Vegas, and, and uh, Los Angeles. 
with my grandmother. And we had a blast. We had a fucking blast. So that's really cool that you're doing that. Um, all right, what else we got here? Uh, sorry, I wish I could have given you more advice. Um, do I have my phone with me, though? I do. I have a little thing in my phone called Places to Go. So every time I, you know, go somewhere, I know the places to go. Jesus Christ, that's how fucking basic my brain is. I have all these lists of restaurants and all of this shit and stuff to do and all of that in my phone. I'm scrolling right now. I'm looking for maybe New Mexico. I'd have another Rhode Island, Seattle, St. Louis. Looks like we blew by it. Then I go to Australia. Canada, Europe. All right, wait a second. I don't have anything? Come on. Got to have something. New Orleans, New Jersey, New Haven, New York. Yeah, it's under cities and states. Let's look up Albuquerque. Albuquerque there. Albuquerque. I don't know. I know they have some incredible, you want to take some UFC classes. Um, I know they got some a lot of champions come from, what do they call it? Something city. God damn it. This woman said it too when she was a badass. Duke City or something like that. I forget what, but I was just like, it's like I'm not fucking with, I mean, I'm not going to go around fucking with people, but anyway. Um, sorry, I wish I could. Anybody has any ideas, just write in and I'll, I'll, I'll do it on the next podcast. Anybody from Albuquerque listening? What, where, where should this person go? There we go. I'm going to phone a friend on this one. All right, what do we got here? Um, girlfriend gave me an ultimatum. Ah, Jesus Christ. Why are they, you know, why is it always like a fucking hostage situation? You know what I mean? I swear to God. Whenever they give me an ultimatum, you know what they should do? They should, just for the fun of it, you should make them like do it from outside your apartment, like with a bullhorn leading on the hood of a car, like one of those old school 70s, like dog day afternoon. Attention, Mark. You have three months to get me a ring or I'm going to start fucking all your friends. I know you're in there. Uh, girlfriend gave me an ultimatum. Uh, dear Mr. Billy Frecklenuts, I've been in a pretty good relationship for about five months now and she's already given you an ultimatum. You must be drinking your ass off. I'm 25 years old and she is 23. Before we got into a relationship, I have expressed wholeheartedly that my dream in life is to be a professional wrestler. She is supportive of that. Okay, everything's good so far. And you picked a fucking, you're going after a dream. You don't just become a professional wrestler. So first and foremost, good luck with your dream. Um, she is supportive of that and is even considering following me to live downstate so I can go to a good training facility down there. To me, wrestling, acting, entertaining are the same fields. Part of my dream is to cross over into movies. Oh, I see what you're going to do. You're going to blow up on the WWE, become this big personality, and then then do like uh, what The Rock and uh, John Cena did. That's amazing. All right. I like the game plan. Anyway, it seems very realistic, very realistic as many WWE superstars have done it, and I believe wrestling is a good stepping stone. I, I agree. The other day, I received a message from someone making an independent romantic comedy film where I live. And would like me to be one of the main characters. I believe it would help me gain experience and get a network with people who also enjoy acting. I was so excited to tell my girlfriend. And when I did, she immediately shot me down. She was saying that she does not want me to act in anything that involves romance. And that she wouldn't want me acting in any roles that involve kissing, sex scenes, or even holding hands on screen. She says she's compromised by letting me take roles... She says that, oh, she says she compromises by letting me take roles that don't involve those actions. Uh, I personally think those restrictions are very limiting to roles I could audition for or aspire to be in. Even Forrest Gump's get it, gets his rocks off. She gave me an ultimatum of basically respecting your boundaries or sacrificing part of my dream. Any advice you have on this topic would be great. I have great advice. Fuck that. Take the role. Go do it. You're 25. 
You got your whole life ahead of you. She's 23. I mean, her brain isn't even fully developed yet. She doesn't know what she's saying. All right, I went a little hard there. Yeah, don't do that, dude. Like, I'm getting anxiety. I don't even know you. I'm getting anxiety that you're not going to take that role. Take the fucking role. That's it. And you just be nice about it. Just say, listen, I understand your boundaries. I respect your boundaries, but they, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I want to act, and they're giving me a, a role here. And part of acting is stuff like this. And, you know, it's great to know three months in that you, you're not in on it. So I don't, you know, what the, what the fuck are we doing here? All right, that was terrible the way I just said that. I, I just, I don't know how to do this. I, this just, you just got, you know, you just got to go. Is there a, a, a nice blunt way? Just say this is too big an opportunity for me to turn down. I'm going to take the role and then wait to see what she says. And anyways, dude, what did you say earlier? You said something. You said something. Eh, you know, I'm in a pretty good relationship. You don't love this person. All right. Dude, you're you're about ready to get on a fucking rocket ship, okay? You're going to go fucking, you're wrestling, you're going to be in movies and all of this shit. I mean, you got you to gotta have fucking, you got to dive in the deep end. You just got to jump in, dude. And you can't let anything stop you, especially some petty shit like this. All right? Um... Yeah, and who knows? Maybe if you just say, well, I'm doing it. Maybe she comes along. I don't know. I can just tell you right out of, right out of the fucking gate, the fact that she's fucking saying that, you know, she's put, she's already putting a governor on this shit. This is actually a great thing that this happened this early on. And once again, the fact that you say it's a pretty good relationship, you're not saying this is love of my life. I want to marry her. I can see having kids with this person. You say it's a pretty good relationship, you know? Dude, the level of regret, I'm just guessing, the level of regret you'll have if you don't fucking, do, you, you got to take it. You got to take it. Don't, don't fuck this up, all right? Take the fucking gig, okay? And let her have a little fucking pout. Let her go storm off, whatever the fuck it is she's going to do. You go do the goddamn gig, all right? You do the fucking gig. You get priceless, you know, priceless experience, okay? And then you go downstate or whatever the fuck you said, and go down and start training, and you're off and running, and you never look back, okay? And she either wants to come along, or she doesn't. But that's it. But either way, whether she goes or she doesn't, is you're going. Okay? There's your advice, all right? So as bad as the Albuquerque ones, I think I, I think I did all right on that other one. All right. There you go. Um, she's going to be like, I don't want you, like, wrestling where there's, you know, women wrestling you know, I don't know if they do the fucking co-ed thing now, but every once in a while you see some woman get body slammed by a guy. You had like your hand, you're her crotch when you picked her up. Just like, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm out there. I'm, 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 I'm fucking dressed like a Viking. It's not real. Um, all right, that is the podcast, everybody. Once again, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors moving into third place all time, I believe. Uh, most championships. They got the Bulls next. Um, uh, and then who's next? It really should be the Lakers if they if they gave a fuck. <laughs> the NBA gave a shit. Um, but somehow with their funny math, they're tied with the Celtics, which is just fucking hilarious to me. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. I'll check in on you on Thursday.